You are listening to Synergistic Step Parenting Podcast with host Maria Nadipov, helping step parents transform family chaos into meaningful and harmonious co parenting. Hello, step parents, and welcome. I am delighted to have you join me today because. I had the special privilege of interviewing the fabulous Dr. Patricia Papernow, who is the world's leading expert in step parenting and blended family dynamics. Today's episode will be just part one of my interview with her. I'm so excited to have you join me. Without further ado, here we go. Hi, everybody. Thank you for joining us. We are here with the fantastic Dr. Patricia Papernow. Welcome. We're so excited to have you. Dr. Paper now is an internationally recognized expert on step families. She integrates a deep understanding of the research with four decades of clinical practice and a wide variety of clinical modalities, including psychoeducational, systemic, and trauma-informed. The recipient of the Award for Distinguished Contribution to Family Psychology from the APA Couple and Family Division, Dr. Papernow is the author of one of the classic books in the field, Surviving and Thriving in Step-Family Relationships, What Works and What Doesn't, and with Karen Bonnell, The Step-Family Handbook, From Dating to Getting Serious to Forming a Blended Family, as well as dozens of articles and book chapters. Dr. Paper now is a psychologist in private practice in Hudson, Mass, and director of the Institute for Step Family Education. We are so excited to speak with you. Clearly, <laughs> without a doubt, you are an expert in this field, and it's such a pleasure to get to pick your brain and have you share your wisdom with us. I would love, before we begin and dig into a bunch of questions I have for you, for you to share your uh, personal journey and maybe an aha moment that brought you to this work. Um, sure. I'm glad to be here. I'm so glad for this information to be in the hands of people who can use it. I got into this because my first marriage, I married a guy with two daughters, five and nine when I met them. And a couple of years later, I needed a dissertation. I was allowed to write what's called a qualitative dissertation, meaning talking to people rather than counting numbers. And I could see that my step family was changing. My kids were, my stepkids were now seven and eight and, you know, 11 and 12. And there was some, some of the kids were changing, but something in the family system was changing. And so I wrote my dissertation on, on stages of development in step family relationships, um, looking at how do step families change over time and what are the different patterns of how step families change over time. And I got hooked. I finished my dissertation in 1980. This is a few years later. <laughs> I got hooked. And everything that I learned after that, I learned lots of different clinical models since then. I've folded into this work and I'm still learning because there's still so much to learn. That's so fantastic. And it's so needed. And I mean, of course, I, I must have parent myself so I can fully relate to everything you've just mentioned in an overarching way about the experience of being a part of a blended family. I would love to begin with hearing your thoughts on what is different about the step family versus the family of origin, if you will. I call it first time family. Family of origin, meaning the one you were born into. First time family, meaning a family where uh, both parents are the parents of the kid. 
And so that's the difference. And it is a fundamental difference. Mm-hmm. In a first time family, uh, the couple has usually some time to make a relationship, to establish some trust, to enjoy each other without interruption, to get to know each other, to get to know even the things like, uh, I hate how he loads the dishwasher, but that starts to become, you know, kind of ordinary. Uh, to begin to develop some rhythms of being being with each other. And in a first-time family, children enter the parents, the adults' established relationship, and they enter hardwired for attachment to both of their parents. And both adults are pretty much hardwired for attachment to, uh, to a child. Uh, and the other thing that happens is that over time, the family starts to develop ways of doing things, rhythms of being together. And the next child and the next, if there are more, are born into that already established adult relationship, but also the family network of, you know, we like this kind of ice cream. We like to go to this kind of place. We go here in the summer. Uh, we eat grape nuts. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Those things develop over time. In a step family, the pre-existing relationship is between the parent and his or her child or children, and also between the parent and the children's other parent. The step parent enters as an outsider to all of that. The children's attachment is to their parents, not to their step parent. And even though step couples are often very much in love, the shared rhythms, the shared understanding of, uh, you know, what's an appropriate cost of a pair of sneakers or in my family is grape nuts, a form of cardboard or a breakfast cereal. <laughs> in my family, it was a breakfast cereal. We, my daughter and I married into a family where my daughter opened the cabinet door of the pantry in my husband's house. The first time we went over there, floor to ceiling sugar cereal. <laughs> Every sugar cereal you've ever thought of, and her eyes got as big as saucers. So we're not going to ask his kids to eat grape nuts. Are you out of your mind? And I want my kid to eat, to eat grape nuts. So that, there's that difference right away. They've all grown up one way. My daughter's grown up another way. Yeah. So that not only the attachment, but also the shared rhythms of how we do things mm-hmm. are shared between parents and children not in the new step couple and not between step parents and step kids. And that's a very different start. Yeah. And I'd love to ask you further then, since we're kind of starting at the beginning of this journey, you talk in your book about the cycle for establishing kind of building that, that new connection, establishing these new rhythms and these new relationships. And I would love for you to share, you know, a bit about that because I think it's fascinating and even you know, it's, it's, all, it's obviously difficult to assign a time frame for every single situation, but I, I know that there's kind of some of that that you've also noticed in your work that, that exists as part of that cycle. Could you just elaborate on that and share that? Please? Well, I think the first thing is that language blended mm-hmm. is, reflects the longing. We want a family where we're all connected to each other. Mm-hmm. It's not reflect the reality. And you'll notice um that in uh, the step family handbook, blended is in quotes mm. because blended is the language that we use. We all use it, but it is not the reality. 
it's it, in the best of all cases, it's a several year process. And there are some major challenges that make it uh, difficult, that make it very different. Oh, for instance, remember I said that in a first time family, usually both parents are in love with the kid and the kid needs both parents. The step family, the parent is in love with the kid, the parent is not. And every time the parent, there's a child present, the attachment is between the parent and child and the step parent is left out. And being left out is painful. We're, we're hardwired to, uh, to feel good when people, to expect people close to us to turn towards us. And when they turn away, it does not feel good. In a first time family, you know, I watch my daughter parent her little toddler and she parents and her husband's thrilled. He parents and she's thrilled. In a family, if I'm going to take care of my kid, I have to turn away from you, my partner, mm-hmm. my child. And if I want to turn towards my partner, when I turn towards my partner, especially for children over eight or nine, I've turned away from them. So that I call that the insider outsider challenge that parents are left out over and over and over again. And parents are torn. You yeah. know, if I turn to this one, that one that I care about is upset. And if I turn to this one, this is both are really difficult. And what part of what's hard is it's one thing to empathize with each other when you're in having the same experience, mm-hmm. like, oh, it's cold. It is really different. Mm-hmm. Take a lot more skill and self-regulation to empathize with each other when we experience very differently. So when the step parent says, I felt really left out, the parents like, huh? Not because <laughs> idiot, but because they have a totally different experience. And one of the things that successful step couples do is they manage to get, be curious about each other. Yeah. Yeah. They manage to be curious and develop some empathy for each other. Yeah. Um, some people are better at it than others. <clears throat> Definitely. I can certainly 100% relate to how you're describing this. And I love how um, in the book, you're so thoroughly kind of really painting the picture. And I think you're totally right. I think it, these experiences happen, but it really takes the ability and awareness and effort to step back and really sit down and, and notice all the nuances of what's going on for just in general. And then for each person individually, and then you know, who are they? What are they? What are their inherent needs? And then therefore, what are their needs with regard to each other and starting to um, blend those personalities and right and needs and relationships? Well, I actually think one of the dilemmas, if if you start trying to blend right away, you're actually going to be really frustrated. You'd be better off trying to, I call it both hold both. Can I, as a step, as I, as the parent, understand or get curious and be a little less defensive when my partner says they felt left out when I was having time with my kid. Can a step parent get curious about what it's like for me as the parent when she says I was left out for me to, you know, to say, oh, huh, really? (laughs) It turns out, by the way, that successful step families and struggling step families face the same exact challenges Step families have much better interpersonal skills. Skills mm-hmm. being able to calm yourself when you're and soothe yourself, and take a breath when you're upset. It's like being able to, John Gottman calls it, have a soft 
start up to start with some kindness, then why'd you do that? Gee, that was a little hard. Can you tell me about it? Successful step couples have more skills. I'm curious, as you describe that, one one question that pops up is, would you say it's equal parts of that curiosity and kind of self-regulation as well as communication or do do either of those aspects? But they're, they're totally related. They are. Yes. Totally really. You can't really communicate if you're totally flat. The other thing that really helps is having a map. Mm. It really helps to know that if you are a step parent, you are going to be left out and you're not going to like it. And it really helps for parents to know that your partner, your kids may not really be too pleased about your partner, not because your partner's doing anything wrong. Right. Right. But because for kids, adults, a new couple is, is a, it's wonderful. It's a gift. Yeah. Been alone for a while. They're thrilled. And oftentimes a couple wants to charge forward. Kids often experience a new couple as a loss. Yeah, of course. And that's hard for the adults to get sometimes. But my experience is grownups in love are just as besotted as any teen. And of course, now we have our cell phones. <laughs> just as besotted. And if I'm in love with you, I'm going to turn towards you and my kid is going to feel left out. There's a loss of parental attention when parents fall in love. Right. And I would imagine that, you know, um, something I work around with my clients is this notion that, you know, to some degree, when you're turning towards this new person, it's almost like a little bit of a rejection because there's a such a, an acute awareness, like this person is here and my other parent isn't right. And kids mm-hmm. always want that reunification and want to hold out hope for that. But at the very least, I mean, that's something that's come up for personally, we've had to talk a lot and explain extensively mm. about, um, you know, that inclusion, almost creating space for the other parent to be around. And even though they're not physically present, that, that is critical. Mm-hmm. I talk about five challenges. The first is that insider outsider one that I talked about. The second is that kids feel differently about step families than adults do. Mm-hmm. Kids experience losses also experience a loyalty bind. If I start to care about my stepmother, I'm disloyal to my mother. Parenting, which we're going to need to talk about because (laughs) tasks in a step family pretty routinely divide parents and step parents. Yeah. There's that thing we started off about how do we become an us Mm -hmm. in presence of us and them Mm -hmm. racing either us or them. And what you're talking about right now is ex-spouses, another parent, at least one other parent, mm-hmm. is a permanent part of the family. Mm-hmm. And how do you make it okay for kids yeah. to love both, their, both of their parents? And right. in fact, it's not divorce that is the most robust predictor of poor well-being in kids. It's parental tension and conflict. And not even high conflict. Right. Moderate tension. Yeah, exactly. Non-divorce, non-clinical families <laughs> are associated to poor academic achievement, lower immune functioning. Get what the other one is. I think it's attentional stuff, more, more attentional issues. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. But I'm not sure I answered your question. I went off somewhere. Oh, no, that's okay. I, I think we're exploring, but I just so appreciate you, you sharing your thoughts. 
Thank you so much for joining me for my interview with Dr. Paper Now. You definitely want to make sure to tune in next week for part two of our conversation. You don't want to miss it. See you then. Thanks for tuning into Synergistic Step Parenting Podcast. Please subscribe to this podcast on your favorite streaming platform so you don't miss a thing. If you like what you hear and you find the information helpful, please rate us five stars and leave a review letting us know what you like about the show on Apple Podcast. Don't know how? Don't worry. We'll include instructions in the show notes. And if you know of other step parents who can benefit from hearing this episode, please share it with them. John Swain did our theme music. Thanks, John. Thanks, John.